Yes, yes. Welcome to another episode of Views from the Box. We're fresh off another, well, yes, another Arsenal W. Nana, how are you feeling? Keeping the title race alive. Um, I'm, it's not about the title race, but the same thing. I just thought that the performance felt good, fam. Like, controlled from start to finish. Obviously, first 10 minutes, you were rattled, but J5, today I'll give him the courtesy of the, of, of the, of the name. Like, the, the way he regained control for us, fam. Like, Man called Jorginho J5. Fam, I asked him his props. Before the game, yeah, I knew we were winning. But before the game, I said, the win today is all about control. Newcastle can't do shit when we start playing through their press and pinging it about. And I thought Jorginho start, and I was like, yes, I totally understand that assignment. We need to resume today. Play the ball, keep the ball on the ground and play through them. All this blood and thunder, high press, da 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 da, ogre football means fuck off, fam. End of the day, ball is ball. And that's what we did. And I was really impressed with how he regained control for us. We were rattled here, but he got the ball down and he started stroking about in between the lines, just back and forth. You touch, I touch, you touch, I touch. And Newcastle were like, what the fuck is going on? It's not working. The press is not working, fam. They were trying to rattle us here. We were, but after a while, we just played through them. And Odegaard, through. and Odegaard, that goal, game state, perfect timing. First, first shot, goal, silence the crowd. And from that moment, I knew the ball is not caught now. It's up to Newcastle to play, play on the occasion. And bro, in the last four games, Odegaard has been scoring important goals against South against Southampton when it was 3-1 down. He scored the goal to yeah. make it 3-2. Fantastic goal. Against Chelsea, he opened the scoring and then scored the second goal. And now in this game, he scored the opening goal. People might say, oh, Odegaard is not a captain because I feel like a lot of people view captains as like Patrick. No, it. He leads by example. Uh, Patrick, but he leads by example and he's doing it in the crunch time. Yes. Also, I don't like how people um, um, scapegoating me when the whole midfield has a bad day because as you saw today, when things were, when we're being overrun, what does Juno do? You either this is how you help your team regain control, either by winning duels or you keep the ball down in this play. Okay, keep help. it keep, keep it simple. Yeah, and kept it ticking. Party doesn't offer that. Party doesn't. Oh offer yeah. That, oh, actually. he hasn't been offering that of late because yeah. Well, even though recently his form has been poor, he was doing that earlier earlier on in the season. We have to give him credit. That's a handball. Oh, yeah. Don't give it though. We don't know what, but yeah, that's why I was. That's why I've been really disappointed with Partey in the last couple of weeks. This is the time you, you need to show your experience. Mm. Today, Martinelli and um, Saka weren't at their best, but what do we need when your young players aren't at their best? The older players to do their thing, and that's what happened today. Nah, I I fully agree, and I feel like this was a good win for Arsenal because look, you said it off camera. Um, only two teams have won away at Newcastle all season, Liverpool and Arsenal now. So going to Newcastle and getting three points is not easy. I'm pretty sure since Eddie Howe has gone to... They've lost five times. At home, they've only lost five times. So they're not, they don't lose at home often. So that's a very good, good win. And yes, you said, oh, you're not thinking about the title race. But I'll give credit to Gary Neville. He said something that I fully agree with. In a title race like this, when you've fallen behind, the only thing you can do is win games, yeah. win, win games. Yeah. If City slip up, you don't want a case where City, let's say City drew yesterday or even lost yesterday and then you went to lose today. That would be the most jarring thing. So yeah. you guys are doing what you can do. Yes, you had that slip up, but you're two from two now. Brilliant. Yeah. We're we're do, win our remaining games and finish your 90 points. That's what I want. Finish your 90 points so you can say we actually, we showed that we're tied to contenders because it's crazy because it would have meant that we matched our Invincibles points yeah, exactly, and got more wins than Invincibles. So, but as I said before, our, our poor defending as a unit has is really what's cost us this title, in my honest opinion. What do you think has caused that? Because if you look at your record, we spoke about it last week, your first 19 games and then your next 15 games after that. Why has your defence been poor? Because it can't just be Saliba because Saliba... Oh, yeah, 100%. I've been tweeted here. Our defending post-walk-up has been Higgy. It's just that it got exasperated by the Saliba injury. So now it's even worse, the issue that was there before. But moving forward, yeah, that's the, that's the thing. If Ramsdale's on it, it's always that one person in the defensive line here that cost us some. Like today, Zinchenko almost cost us two goals. Man. Yeah, exactly. I, I was even about to say like, even that, though... that, that. That concentration. And I've yeah. hooked him half an hour to go journey on just to focus on looking on that side. And they got no joy on that side after that. Even against Chelsea, that's from the clean sheet. Zinchenko saw Medweke, he yeah. saw him. Man even looked him. He knows the ball is coming and he just stops tracking him. That, that was the simple, you track him, head the ball away. So that's what's been costing the last couple of weeks. It's always been that one person out of the whole unit costing the whole team and we concede. 
So just that before beforehand, we'll sleep, but that was cleaning up for everyone, to be fair. And and we're, we're still conceding, but it's just that now we're conceding at a higher rate because the problem was already there. Because the defensive unit as a whole was poor, even with Saliba post World Cup. That's I think that's definitely something that needs to be rectified next season if you want to challenge again. Yeah. It's, it's all about concentration. All about it concentration. Is, it's all about concentration because you you're the one that mentioned it. The amount of goals that you're conceding is not conducive to winning the league. Yes, you yeah. can go from a title charge, and yes, I'm not even trying to discredit. Ninety points is amazing. That's your highest. I know, but conceding over thirty goals at yeah. that yeah, is disgraceful. Especially when you're going up against Manchester City, you cannot be doing that at all. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Next season, you know, we should really the maximum for time contenders. Yeah, the maximum is thirty points. Even the high end is the, the high end is thirty to thirty-three goals conceded. That's the high end I've seen with good title-winning teams. Man, you in twenty thirteen, yeah, five out of the 40, thirty-eight or forty-two two goals conceded. It was on the final day, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. When the and league was already won. City 13, 14, 37 goals. As we know, it was a weaker season. Everyone was conceding goals were in the top in the top four, apart from Chelsea, really. So, as we have seen, the high end to concede is 30 to 33 when you're trying to go for a title. That's the match. Especially maximum. if you're competing against a Pep yeah. team. Yeah, because remember I said a couple weeks ago, even before Steve got injured, the final 10 games, eight games, is all about you said grinding out results. Two nils, three nils, two nils, three nils. Yeah, you, you were saying you want a clean sheet in every game apart from the City game and the Liverpool game. That's the yeah. only game you, you would allow no clean sheet. Even though that didn't happen, your point and your logic yeah. make sense. Issue. As you see with Mourinho back in the day, final mm. 10 games, final 8 games, one nil, grinding out nil. clean sheets. One nils, two nils, three nils. You can't go block it down. Go lock off the thing. Like. Bam. Like, that's what I was going to learn next season. When you're two nils, three nils up here, either you keep the fucking ball and don't concede or if you're going to be stopping possession, make sure as a unit, you just lock it down. And that's the next step in the evolution. But as I said last week, once Odegaard, Saka, Martinelli download KDB's playoff gene, it's going to be scary for the league. Odegaard is almost there because today, that goal in that game state, as soon as he shot that, I knew he was going in. Today, the Chelsea game, now, like, now, he's he downloading it. If you remember clearly, off the, off camera on, 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 on a chat when he first came on loan and he scored that goal against him because I was like, this guy can strike a ball. He needs to, he needs to shoot more. He even started last season. He needs to be more aggressive in what, whatever he does. Attacking-wise, defending-wise, be more aggressive. And he's done that this season. And that's why this gimmick of, oh, he doesn't show up in away games here is bullshit because he get the whole midfield as a unit that's been poor. Like, nowadays, how, how many midfielders they drag the whole midfield to a result? I, I feel I feel like the issue with that is, and that's why I wanted to give him credit as a captain. I feel like a lot of fans nowadays, their perceptions of midfielders, the perception of captain is based off what they grew up watching. So your Steven Gerrard, your Roy, your Fabregas, your Fabregas, your Patrick Vieira. But players nowadays, because of how football is played, yeah. hardly grab the game by the scope of the neck. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that's the reality. Now, only attackers are given that leeway to grab the game by the scope of the neck. Midfielders, exactly. you work as a unit. And so for you to expect that, I feel like that's a bit harsh if that's not the if that's not the norm for midfielders. And then people might respond to me and say, oh, Kevin De Bruyne. But then, yes, on paper, Kevin De Bruyne might be a midfielder. But if you actually look at the positions that Pep plays him, especially in the playoff, period of the season he's essentially playing as a second striker so he has more license to be forward and actually do stuff that affects the game so Odegaard credit to him today credit to him in the last game he's oh. done well to also, also give you a kept Isak and Wilson quiet I thought today yeah this is a baptism of fire fam yeah, yeah. That, that's what I thought as well I thought Isak or Wilson are definitely grabbing a goal and for him to keep them quiet for the majority of the game like, like, I don't know why the, the time to test him out here was against Palace, and he he would have been ready for Liverpool. But I think he needs to hold that and learn. Just yeah. throw him in. The guy's ready for him. Like against Chelsea, we were like, "Cool, Chelsea are crap." Today, soon that you also didn't even bother pressing him because he was quite comfortable. He could switch with his right or left, so they didn't bother pressing him. I'll say on that point about you don't know why Arteta trusts trusted him. Arteta needs to learn a lot quicker now. The reason why I say that is because. Think about, exactly. Think about the introduction of ESR. ESR was forced upon Arteta due to injuries and after your seven or eight game winless streak and then introduced him against Chelsea. And ever since then, ESR was a mainstay in the team until he got injured. Now you're seeing it with Kivior. 
it needs to learn it quicker because the margins are a lot smaller. You cannot yeah, do it. So every yeah. advantage you need to use. Also, I want to shout out Ramsdor as well. Another good performance. Like people need to lay off him. Like he's not a generational keeper, so the progress will not be as fast as a check. You, you say that I don't think he's a generational keeper, but today he became the third keeper in Premier League history after Edison and Peter Check to keep ten away clean sheets in a season. Not even Allison has achieved that. That is very impressive. Yeah, very impressive. Very, very impressive. He has come up with big save. This is why I'm not as anal about his shot-stopping abilities because he has made progress from last year. That's what I can ask him, progress, because I know he's not an amazing keeper. He's one of those ones he has to grind on the training pitch here to get to a certain level. When you if say he's I, not an amazing keeper, do you mean talent-wise? Yeah, talent. Like, okay, he's, not, okay. he's, not, he's, not, he's not like the talent of Czech or Allison, whereby he's like, yeah, you are amazing. You are world-class potential. You can spot from day one. Yeah. For him, yeah, like, he's had to grind to get to this level that he's, he's right now. So that's why uh, when I was trying to say, oh, we talk weird in the year, unless you're going to splash 18, 90 M on Magnon, or that issue that, which keeper who's top of the game here is available to buy, apart from Magnon, hypothetically, which would cost 18 more plus. That's why I'm not really... I don't, I don't see the point of going out and getting a Magnon, in my personal opinion. I think Ramsdor is good enough to be a number Also, even Magnon is injured prone. The Arsenal fans want to keep him missing 10 plus games a season in the league. When when you're facing City, nah, you, 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 yeah. you, you can't be. You can't. That's, what, that's, that's what I say, lay off him. He has his weaknesses. I know that sometimes he, he could be better in terms of aspects of his game. But for him, yeah, he's making the required progress, in my honest opinion. So I can't even fault him because remember when he signed, I said, all he can do is just progress year on year and we see where we're at. And he's doing that. So I have to give it to him. So hopefully, moving forward, the progress is now fast tracks because now you're going to his way. A title race. So now yeah, I need you to fast track that progress. More games like today, more commanding performances, and less questionable moments in your on your way. But for us, once you want to replace them, think logically. We don't watch Darren Wright every week to see his weaknesses. Diogo Costa at Porto. He's also a young keeper. He's twenty three. We don't watch Porto every week to see what he's bad at. So Arsenal fans love Ramsdale and let him progress. If by twenty twenty five progress is stolen and there's opportunities in the market. Go for it. It is what it is. It's, it's a ruthless at, at, at the top end of the of football. Switching over to Newcastle, last week we spoke about the good form, which they have been. Yeah. And they're currently third in the table. If the result stays like this in the United game, which we're both watching at the minute, they still stay third. However, they will stay three points ahead of Liverpool, even though they played a game less. Hey, what do you think of the performance today? Because you were telling me some things off camera, which I found quite interesting. And do you think that they can keep hold of third place or the top four place between now and the end of the season? Now, on paper, their only hard game is Brighton. Like, on, on paper, Brighton's the only team left in the official list that can play through the press quite easily, yeah, and do them. But you, you say that, and I, I fully agree with you. But then the playing leads, who I do think are a crap team, but they're fighting for relegation and they now have Big mm. Sam. They're playing Leicester, who are still fighting for relegation, and they're playing Chelsea, who I expect Newcastle to dispatch off quite easily, if I'm being quite honest. Yeah, but, they, but they, there's a lot of mud. There's, there's a couple of banana skins, yeah, in terms of the context. Yeah, season, yeah, yeah. So for Newcastle, they have to hold their nerve, well and truly. They cannot drop seven points between the end of the season, otherwise they drop out of the top four. For them, yeah, they can only draw two more games maximum. Four points drop maximum is what they can do. That's the that they can give themselves four points maximum. So they need to make sure they leave you sign against Brighton and win two more games and they're good to go. Yeah, exactly. Because that, that's what they need to secure top four ahead of Liverpool. They, they only need seven points. That's all they need. That's all they One draw, two wins out of your next four and then you go into the Chelsea game knowing that you've made top four. That's what they need. Yeah, and, that's what they need. That's what they need. And two of those games are against teams that are in fighting relegation. Yes, you can say, oh, they're fighting relegation. They'll be up for it. But if you're going for top four, you also need to be up for it and win these games. Also, one thing I would say is moving forward, if they really want to compete, they need to stop with the stock football fam. That will not get you anywhere against the better sides. Better sides know how to play. You know. El- el- elaborate on that because... Like, you- like today, yeah, they were just trying to kick us off the park, but Arsenal weren't having it. When we matched them physically, nothing, nothing more they could do. It was literally they were praying and hoping that we would collapse at the back and they didn't they get nothing. So moving forward, if they really want to compete, Progress-wise, because they made a lot of progress. But if you're there now, yeah, whereby you're a few hundred yards away from Man City and Arsenal, and potentially Liverpool, when Liverpool come in the season, yeah, mm. there's, there's certain things they need to do, yeah, if they want to join those echelon of teams, which is if you come against a Liverpool Man City, yeah, trying to 
kick them off the park ain't going to work. But these teams are now physical as well. If you can't match them physically, you're going to have to try and play. And that's where the evolution for them is. The next step is try and play regardless of the context. Obviously, win your duels and shit, but mm-hmm. purposely trying to kick off the, kick the opposition, it ain't going to work because, firstly, it's just going to cause breakage in play. Secondly, you're, you're wasting energy and time because if, you, if the opposition matches you physically, what do you, have, what do you actually have up, up your sleeve to play them off the park? And a lot of top teams in the Premier League and in Europe can match Newcastle physically. But I feel like with Newcastle, maybe the reason that they do that, especially against the bigger teams, is because the quality, unfortunately, for them isn't there. Like, look, for example, we even saw it when they played Manchester United. Dan Byrne was kicking Anthony off the park. And no disrespect to Anthony, Dan Byrne is going to come up against a lot better right-wingers in the Champions League. And if he's doing that against Anthony, it's going to be spooky for Newcastle. He just Rod- Rodrigo, your Vinnies. He's uh, just going to be targeted. Le- 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 Leroy Sane, Serge Gnabry, Kingsley Coleman. Like, yes, of course, we're talking about the top end of the Champions League. But these are the teams that you're potentially going to be facing, either in the group stage or in the knockout stage, if they make it that far. So, firstly, they need to make it because the next three games, those are very important yeah. games. Because if, if, they, if they lose the next game against Brighton, against Brighton then there's no, then the guarantee of securing top four is going to come to the last day if Liverpool win the remaining games, that is. So they, they need to make sure that they don't lose the last game. Obviously, Liverpool need to be perfect, which is another, which is also hard for them in its own. Because for Liverpool to be perfect, that would mean we'd have won nine games in a row. And I, we haven't done that since last season. Well, you have done it before, so you got it's the of same course. player, so you have it in you. Of so, course. yeah, of course. And also, the pressure is not on you guys, the pressure is mm-hmm. on the teams above you in yeah. front of you because you guys have been so far behind. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like a Hail Mary if you get it, we get it, if you don't, we don't. We lick the, our wounds. The fact that we've brought the fact that we're this close, we've, we're doing what we did in the COVID season, where towards the end of the season we go on a run. It's annoying that we've left it this late, but at least we're there. What, mm. what do you think of Liverpool's turn in form, especially in April? Because since, since we, um, Oh, what was the game? The keep forgetting. The, since the game before the um, not the Leeds game. Who did we beat before Leeds? Oh, this is annoying me now. Actually, let me quickly check my phone. Yeah, but but since that since that period, Liverpool, the only team that's collected more points than Liverpool is Manchester City. What do you think of Liverpool's form at the moment? So after you drew with Arsenal, yeah, it was the Leeds game. Yeah, okay, yeah. After the after the Arsenal game, only City have collected more points than us. What do you think of Liverpool's form since the second half of the Arsenal game? Because I would say that's when our good form started and moving forward. Do you have more confidence that Liverpool will be a lot better next season from what you've seen and what you're hearing in the market? It's going down, down to Klopp. That's what I'm going to say. Klopp. Since Christmas, I haven't really been saying yet to, to minimise the amount of space Trent is covering you. Just tuck him into midfield. I don't know. I have been saying that until he did that against Arsenal in the second half, and it, it worked a treat. And even it's making sure Trent covers less space, but it's also low key making sure that Fabinho covers less space because Fabinho's not on an island by himself anymore. He's in a double pivot. We had been screaming that since Christmas, since he came from the World Cup. He said, "Fucking Trent." Since how 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 long? Almost four months, and he decided to do it against Arsenal. Works it now. He's doing it. That's what I'm saying, fam. If I'm a Liverpool fan, I'm seeing that clock, fam. This now, season, at worst, it should have been a third place thing. At worst, of Can't course. And and our run and how close we are to Newcastle is proof that us saying that is not just us um, wishfully thinking. The proof is actually in the pudding. At the moment, we're quite close to Newcastle. And if two or three games, I'm not even talking about six or seven. If two or three games turn from losses into wins or even losses into draws. We'd be in the top four right now with our goal difference. Now, at worst, crazy. this season it should have been a comfy third for you guys. It's just that clock here. I don't, I don't know what was going through his mind in the first six months of the, of the season. Pulling out the door for Matthias Nunez. Hey, that's you guys crossed the barrier, but at least he's trying to rectify in the market with McAllister. But Klopp needs to understand that McAllister is not just enough. You guys need a continual rotation option. Of course. And Klopp's comments in the in his press conferences, he, he's been saying that well, the midfield... When he's talking about the team, he's always saying the midfield there's going to be changes in the summer. He's saying that explicitly. They were talking about. Like, you don't forget, you. You guys need a need a rotation on for Van Dijk, Van Dijk as well. Let let the old man chill, fam. Twenty no, games max. Hundred percent. But the thing Jamie is, Fabino. 
the good look of Fabinho now, he looks a bit better because he's not covering as much space time. He's not running as much. So imagine you can rest him for 20 games or 18 games and just have him in and out. Now, of course, but like, like, like I was trying to say, what I'm hearing from Klopp in his press conferences is give, filling me with confidence. What I'm hearing from our ITKs because he's explicitly saying that there's going to be changes. He was saying that with the attacking line, he's he's happy with the yeah, defensive line. Understand. Well, you guys, the, the, no, no. But the thing is, he's saying the defensive line, he's okay with it. But there's going to be some changes. The midfield, we know that there's going to be changes. So changes are going to be there. And how we play towards the end of the season, Curtis Jones is fighting for his Liverpool players and he's showing that he can be a good rotational option next season. This is what I want to see. In terms of Trent in his inverted role, this is what I want to see. Even the way we're building up, Cody Gapko played right centre mid yesterday. That's something that went under, under the radar. Mm. Bob Williams have done that in the past. Jordan Henderson is not starting games all the time now. So I'm happy about that. But So where does... Um, what's, that, what's that kid's name? Fabio Cavallo's place in the new Liverpool. Do you think he goes out on loan or... I, from from what I'm hearing, I think he's going to go out on loan. Um, our reliable ITKs are saying that he's going to leave Liverpool and he's going to go out on loan. What what was happened behind the scenes, I have no idea, but I think he's going to go out on loan. But I hope that he's not going out on loan with us wanting to sell him because I think there's a player there. Yeah, I think he just needs a, a Euro 2 in the Premiership as a man. Exactly, because not everyone can just jump from the Championship streets. Yeah. Just send him back to Fulham. Send back to Fulham. Exactly. You also have to remember that this guy, he's a kid, so he's young, and he's yeah. also not the biggest as well. So to yeah. jump straight from the championship to the Premier League at a big club, we were, to be fair, we we're asking a lot from him. Yeah, so no, not, not everyone can do a Saka or Martinelli out of nowhere, just come and play men's football. Not even Saka, Martinelli, even Deli Ali. He, yeah. he came straight from League Two to back to back young players of the year. James Madison, he came straight from the championship, Norwich to Leicester, and batted it up. And he was a lot older than Cavalio and yeah. he was. So, yeah, it's going I, to be. I think, the, I think the best loan for him is sending back to Fulham. That's the best loan for him. Send him back to Fulham. I wouldn't mind him under uh, De Zerbi as well. I want him under a good coach. Marco Zova, De Zerbi, that, that'll be happy. Oh, well, yeah, especially how McCarthy's coming the opposite way if they send him to Brighton and be like. But then again, Brighton also, also, Brian don't, don't throw in players like that anyway. He's so young, so he might be easing at Brighton. You saw what, what's happened with Levi Colwell. He wasn't starting all the time, True. and now, now he's the best centre back. So let let's 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 see what yeah, happens. Yeah, you're correct. So like Liverpool should really be looking at Brighton and Fulham as places to send him to go on loan. On loan, because I feel like what Curtis Jones is doing for us at the moment, where he's either left CM in the press and defensive role, but then when we're attacking, he's a left winger. So Diaz or whoever our left winger is can be pushed further infield. He can do that role for us, and he can do it very well. So. And it will be more of a rotation option because we'll have a lot more options in the left CM role. So let's see what happens. But you're right. That's what, what I'm not the only option that we can. What I'm saying that the first three horse race since also no wait. Let's let's see. It it depends. It still depends on what we do in the market, bro. Yeah, true. A yeah, long way to go. Long way to go. Long way to go because yes. because if there actually becomes a true three horse race here, it's going to be very hard to for someone to get past ninety five points because the, 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 there's not enough points to go around. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And Klopp has made mistakes. Arteta has made mistakes this season. Now that there's two people breathing, breathing down your necks, the margin for error has just gone a lot less. But like I said, let's see, because McAllister cannot be the only signing that we make. Yeah, you need at least two midfielders. Yeah, and centre -back. Minimum. I feel like if we get two midfielders and a centre-back, I'll be a lot more confident. And then Trent can play his inverted role and then we can go get a third centre midfielder in January. But this next season, we'll need three new central midfielders. They don't all need to come in the summer, but we need new, three new central yeah, midfielders. Yeah. Even a right-back. I would, I wouldn't, I'll be quite happy if we got a right-back because then we can push Trent into midfield more permanently. Because one thing that's still understated is, even though, yes, Trent in midfield on the ball is amazing, but then when we go into a back four, his defensive lapses are still there and can True. still call us. So what, got against Spurs. Do you want him to be transitioned into a proper centre-centre midfielder? After what I've seen, yes. Do you think he has anyone to play midfield 100% of the time? Yeah, not, from what I've seen, yeah, before I I didn't think he he did. The one so thing a better was, version of Peak Hendo. A better version of Peak Hendo, a baby Kevin De Bruyne, is what he can do for Liverpool, in my opinion. I feel like 
before I didn't think he had the mobility to play midfield, but he's proven me wrong and he has the quality. Mm. I mean, like, if he comes a full-time midfield and it bangs you, looking peak store. Yeah. Because his crosses are even way more harder to do with than KDB's. Exactly. Exactly. So, so it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting, but it's, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting next season. Yeah, that was not a foul on the AFM. Yeah. That was soft. But 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 you know but you know how because because a similar thing happened to Randall today. A ref didn't give it. You, more often than not, re- referees protect keepers. Mm. Nad. <sighs> that was soft. Yeah, it was soft. The hair went down because you know he missed the ball. Yeah, I I can see why they I can see why they gave it, and the hair was very smart for going down. That's what you that's experience right there. Big up the hair for doing that because he just saved his blushes and United in this game. <laughs> But uh, they're still struggling. Uh, West Ham are daily on the counter. Yeah, they, they are. They could have scored twice already in this half, and I haven't even played ten minutes. And look, United, they need to make sure they don't lose this game because they're, they're in free fall at the minute. They're right, bigger problem down the net than just making it to a full season. The technical security in this team is so bad. Is that what you spur sometimes? It's it's not the best because one two injuries and it just goes downhill. Even that Casemiro is not what they need right now. Do you feel me? I can't even we just say. They could have spent like 200 more better in terms of rebuilding the squad, but how does that decide to go short term for, for results? Well, let's see. He, he better make top four because if he doesn't make top four, that'll make last summer look more of a disaster. But look, let's let's talk about the more serious team in uh, in in Manchester, the, the team that's slowly becoming the biggest team in Manchester. People might not like me saying this, but it's been 10 years that they've been better than Manchester United. I, I can see that 10 years extending. They've won 10 in a row. Now they're one point clear because you won. Chat to me about Man City because, bro, they're, they're doing what they do all the time. And it's it's getting boring, but you, you can't hate on the quality that they're showing. Like, uh, I remember I said, yeah, when, when it gets a running year, the game seems to be boring for the neutral. Enjoyable for, for your team, but boring for the neutral. As well as Man City score, everyone's coming up the TV, fam. Because they know yeah. what's happening. <laughs> they know what's happening next. Bam. It's just, that's the level. People are just turn off their TVs when you go on and up because you know that, yeah, it's done. Benito, game is done. And and it's crazy because if, if anyone would have just looked at the scoreline 2-1, they would have thought, oh, yeah, it was a close game. They, they scraped it. But City could have won that game 6-7. They could have been First half should have been 4-0. It could have been 4-0 minimum. Haaland's decided to have a bad day. Yeah, a bad finishing day. His, his build-up play has been improving a lot. I'll I, give him that. Like, how is this guy yeah. like, to download the link up? I thought that would be the next season thing for him. Yeah. Doing bro, it now. In, less than, in less than a year, bro. I'm doing it now, and it's looking peak, fam. No one's touching that golden boot till we lose the league, fam. The only person that has a chance, there's only two players that have a chance, and they have to go super saiyan is Kane and uh, Mo Salah. Because Haaland is going to touch 30 each season, provided injuries don't derail him. He'll easily touch 30 goals a season. 100%. Wait, mentioning Mo Salah, wait, let's pause on Man City because, bro, Mo Salah, I just deeped it. He's now scored as many goals as Steven Gerrard. Nine goals at Anfield in a row and 100 Anfield goals in his career. That's what, uh, he has 20 league goals now or 21? Uh, oh, league, league goals, he has 18. 30, 30 goals all season uh, in total. Again, remember Again. the start season we were like, Klopp is, why is Klopp playing him so far away from goal? Bro, that, 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 that's, that's, why, but that's why I also wanted to mention Salah as well because we were also questioning Salah saying that He's showing shades of Obama Yang. I'll talk about his goal record. But, bro, this second half of the season, he's he's shut everyone up. He's shut... Yeah, 100, 100. And he's he's showing why he's a Liverpool and Premier League legend. Fair, in his defence here, and at, at that period, we were like, cool, maybe he's lost a bit of legs here, but he's not a 1v1 finish, 1v1 winger anymore. Just get him across the goal as possible for him to clap goals. In his defence here, we did say that during that period of when he was in his barren period. We said, playing closer to goal, and half his problems and let him focus on just finishing off chances. And that's what he's doing at the moment. What what do you think of Salah's tenure in the Premier League at the moment? Because in terms of right wingers, in terms of forwards, for me, he sits at the top yeah, table. Right. He epitomizes production over aesthetics, man. And that's what I like. I don't give a fuck about no aesthetics. Just just get me production breath. And that's what he's doing. And I can I'll always rate a player here yeah, who is productive, fam. Get all that aesthetic aesthetic stuff. Not everyone can p- combine aesthetics with numbers, fam. It's not a deep. All I want is production, and he's doing that. Like no one can chat loose on his name, bro. 
like best winger in the league, Premier League senior, along with with um Ronaldo. He's he, he's in the he's in the, he's in the actually along with Perez, Ronaldo, Higgs. Like he's in the he's amongst some very good names there. Hundred percent. He's for me. He's already a Premier League legend. Um, or either Jurgen Klopp or Jamie Carragher. that said it after the game that people might not appreciate him as much now that he's playing. But when yeah, he because, leaves, because people are, are static horse, fam. That's what they are, fam. I don't they, even think they, it's. They, I think it's also. They need a winger to do couple flicks here to, to deep them in, fam. It's why they suck off Mara so much, fam, and give him a little leeway when he's thinking up. Yeah, but Salah, one of the best wingers the Premier has seen, arguably the best African player the Premier has seen. He's up there with Didier Drogba. Yeah. It's them two top yeah, two. Two. No, no, no doubt. There's no but, doubt. Like, like Essien and Bicola are close behind. Yeah, of course. But I feel like the gap between Drogba and Salah and then Essien and Mikel, there's a bit of a jump between yeah. and Essien. So... He he's had another brilliant season, another thirty goal season. Like that's that's what you call a legend. That's what you call consistency, and that's what you call world class. I just wanted to give him his flowers because I'm just like, I knew I wanted to talk about him, but I couldn't I couldn't go to City without talking about Mo Salah. But back to Man City, this team is just. Trent said something that was so key. It was like once it's Christmas and City are within breathing, like touching distance of you. You just know it's going to get long. And once it comes to the playoffs period, there's no messing about. They go into games deeper with Man City in the running, apart from against um, Aston Villa and West Ham last season. City don't go behind in the running and Brighton mm-hmm. last game of the season. They don't go behind in the running. When they go in games, they go 1-0 up and the game is done. That's what you call an elite team. Oh, well, West Ham, man. That's 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 literally what you call an elite team. Like, and they've been doing this year in year out, and they're about to do it for the third time in a row. The first non-Fergie coach team to do this. Like, yeah. uh, I've done other for this team. As I said, yeah, unless you are getting close to hundred points, Pep will win the title. Fam, this guy is so fake, man. He made peak Mourinho had to get hundred points to win the title. Fam, he this made guy's a bully, man. He made Klopp had to get 97 and 99 points. To be fair, you might have got 102 points if, if you didn't turn to Emirates drunk, fam. No, of course, of course. Best ever, fam. But he decided to come Emirates here, wave, fam. Or of went course. to Etihad wave as well, fam. Cut, of cut, course. We, we messed up by not um, getting the record for ourselves. But even the points that we got, look at the points that we had. Yeah, to. 99, yeah. Makes 100. We, we knew we couldn't even slow down. Like, that's what this guy has turned this league to. And look, he's on his way to becoming one of the best Managers we've seen in the Premier League, he's definitely the second best at the minute. I don't. Right, I need him Fergie. to leave by twenty twenty five because if he decides to stay like Fergie, yeah, he's not looking nice, fam. Like he's gonna take the piss even more. He's gonna break every single record there is to break because if, that thirteen league titles for Fergie, yeah. If Pep decides to stay for ten plus years, that record is getting so yeah. nice. Yeah, it, it it is, and it's also scary for Manchester United because once City touch thirteen league titles. They're a lot closer to United's 20. Um, is it basically for Arsenal, fam? City, if we see win the league this season, they're on nine. Arsenal on 13. We need to start so, winning titles. So, so that's, that's, four be, that's four behind you already. I need him to cut ASAP, bro. <laughs> that's four behind win, you already. Win that Champions League, yeah, and cut, from Go Italy or something, fam. Leave us alone. But, but bro, that, the fact that they're that close behind Arsenal, who are the third biggest team in England, and they're the third biggest team in England by a distance, I don't want to hear Chelsea, because the reason... Quick side note, the reason why I don't want to hear Chelsea is because if Arsenal, I've heard this on podcasts, I've heard this in group chats, if the big three had a season like Chelsea, it'll be all over newspapers, it'll be all over podcasts, everyone will be talking about it, will be all over social media, but with Chelsea, we're all keeping hard. But City are that close to the third best team in England. They are dominating the biggest team in England. People need to realise that, yes, you can call City plastic, you can say they have no fans, but very soon, they're going to become a big team and they're going to be universally yeah. recognised. As I can't, I, they cannot get that Champions League from otherwise it's peak. Because if, it, if they get that Champions League yeah, and they get to 10 league towels, they can chat shit. It's not Chelsea's one year whereby they're so far behind, 7 league towels behind us here, that the Champions League don't even mean much in the scheme of things in terms of, oh, we're biggest club in London. Bam. City are right off Arsenal's arsehole, fam. Bam. If they get to 10, have a Champions League, they can chat. You can't even say nothing, fam. Because 10 league towels, 13... 
it's close. So Champions League comes in and becomes a big issue for him. Like, same way with Liverpool and Man U. You, you guys can easily claim your biggest club in England because you're 19 league titles, six Champions Leagues, they're on three. 20, 20, 20 league titles. But, bro, but that's what I'm saying. City, City are getting close. They're getting... Um, they're, ten, they're going to be 10 behind Liverpool. They're going to be 11 behind United. How many Premier Leagues is that in total that they've won? Mancini won one, Pellegrini won one, and this will be Pep's fifth. So that'll be seven. Seven if, Premier League era. They've even beaten Chelsea's record in the Premier League era. Right? Yeah, and if, if if they get to 13, that'll be six. That'll be 15 league titles in total. That'll be four behind Liverpool and five behind United. Do not sleep on City slowly trying to become the biggest team in England. People might call me crazy, but blink and they're the biggest team in England. They're going towards the right trajectory. It's don't, scary, man. It's, don't don't be don't be surprised if it happens. Man, it's fucking scary, man, because you cannot allow them to this, this is what I say here. Yeah, when Pep leaves here, yeah, everyone is the, the block is safe again because no manager is like it's like when Fergie left. Yeah, no one is getting this level of performance from City ever. We saw City be pre Pep Pep. They were that normal team, they'll win the odd title, but they'll never go back to back. This guy, because how great he is here, yeah, extracts maximum levels and more. It's disgusting. We all knew KDB was a great player in his first season under Pellegrini. But now he's the best central midfielder we've seen in the league. Fam, in the Premier League era. So, what, like, who knows? Would KDB have reached these levels here without Pep? We don't, we don't know. We don't know. He, he was a good player, so he might have. Yeah, we knew he was good, but would he have reached these crazy levels whereby he's now touching on the legacy of Gerard and Lampard? Bro, even... KDB because that, that was already a talented player. Let's let's take it down a notch. Look at Rodri. In the last decade, the only defensive midfielders over the last decade, I'm not talking now that you can say have been better than Rodri, Casemiro and Busquets. Now he's comfortably third. He he was before he came to Man City, nobody could have said that's what he was gonna be. Man, look, people are saying yeah, Pep got, got, got the wrong DM. Look look at John Stones. He's England's best centre back, comfortably. He's comfortable. Before he came to Man City, yes, he had that potential, but you saw how he was at the start. He was a flimsy yeah. guy. He was weak. He was making the wrong decision on the ball. Now he's perfect. Pep has done what he did with Gerard Piquet with John Stones. So mm-hmm. this, this this guy is a genius. He is the best man. This is the best coach I've seen. I use my words wisely. He's the best coach I've seen, and he he's 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 That's, just a genius. There's so many examples of players that he's just boosted up to a crazy level. Kyle Walker before the City. Great, great right back, but upped Kawhi's game to a high level. Now, now, he's, now he's the best right back the Premier League has seen, arguably. Raheem Sterling, one of the best wingers we've seen. Arguably. Yeah, we also saw Sterling. The, the, the potential was there, but he wasn't a killer. Pep comes in, becomes a killer. How, how many players have we seen that they burst onto the scene? They're very talented, but they don't live up to the hype. Pep, or they don't get the right coaching that caps their scene. Pep made sure Sterling lived up to the hype. Now, imagine if Rashford had the same coaching. Oh, thank you. You literally read my mind because Rashford burst onto the scene. Proper talented. I'm not saying Rashford is crap at the moment, but you can't... But see. he could be better. Basically, he could be a lot better. He could be a world beat, like one of the best wingers in the world, comfortably. So, now, people need to, like, okay, people already put respect on Pep's name. So I'm that, 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 that's what I say. All the seat success is all Pep. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it is. They can say money, financial doping. But it's all Pep. I'm sorry. Once he leaves Man City, watch how the levels will drop. Like, see, I won't say City will be bad, like United level bad, but we'll see there's a big difference in performance when yeah. Pep decides to get bored and leave. Nah, I, I fully agree. And what do you think of the chances in the Champions League? Because at the moment, that's the only trophy that's evaded Pep since he's left Barcelona and at Man City. Do you think this is the year that they can So what, his first, first game is at Bernabeu, isn't it? Yeah, first legs are Bernabeu, which is different from last season, which was... If they leave Bernabeu, you have a draw. It's peaks, though. Yeah, I fully agree. I fully when would you have to win that first leg? They have to win that first leg. And have to, I think they have to win it by two goals minimum. Yeah. They need to go to the Etihad with a two-goal lead. I don't think, personally, that they can go to the Etihad with a one-goal lead because this system that Pep has created, he has four dual monsters. He has... Ilkay Gundogan, which is arguably one of the most complete central midfielders I've seen. Rodri, the best DM, the best central midfielder in the world, and at the moment, the best striker in the world. Like, that is a complete team that is going to be very hard to keep out when they're at home. So, mm-hmm. Real Madrid need to go into that second leg with a two-goal lead. But don't get twisted. I 
wouldn't be surprised if Real Madrid do as well because yeah, Vinny's on fire. Vinny's on fire. Rodrigo's on fire, and you know, you know Benzema against English teams, bro. <laughs> Benzema, Benzema loves playing against English teams. 100%. Tony Cruz is back. Also, for that game, yeah, Camavinga needs to play DM because Firmini is not there yet in terms of playing his DM role to the level that Madrid want. Because right now, Camavinga is starting games over Firmini. Yeah, yeah. It, the fact that they ha- they can call on Firmini from the bench, that that's ridiculous. That just shows the strength and depth that Real Madrid have. And it's going to get even better next season when they get Jude Bellingham. Bro, what, like... What, what's Rodrigo a right-back here? It's looking spooky for Europe, fam. Bro, because the, the game who Fran Garcia... In yeah, terms of, their, their own prospect that is sent away to survive by the Cardinal. Exactly. In terms of centre-backs, I have Alaba, Melitao and Rudiger. In midfield, they're already stacked. Rodrigo is a baller. Benzema can still play a season or two. Want to get right back? It's actually long. It's not even also Endrick joins in January twenty twenty four. It's not even long for Europe, bro. It's it might be long for Barcelona. Because... Now, that um once that's what I said. See what Madrid did? They need to be in Alonso's ear. He's the guy. They need that next level of you that, that type of coaching to fully unlock their league potential. Champions League cup cup competitions. That's the perfect. perfect. But for to, for them to unlock that league domination. They need a coach who can, who has a system whereby it's conducive to, to league games, whereby it's not just about individual quality, it's as a team, as a unit. That's why they need to keep an eye on Alonso. I think that's their, that's their own pep right there. Uh, I'm sure for Interpersia has wanted his own type pep. Oh, 100%. He, he, he did the exact same. Literally, the progression that Pep had, he tried to replicate the same thing with Zinedine Zidane. Zinedine Zidane coached at Castilla. He saw that Zidane wasn't ready. Then he put him as a system manager for Ancelotti. And then he became... But in terms of te- tactically, Zidane was not the level of Pep. Yes, he brought league titles and Champions League. So he tried it there once. I'm pretty sure he's trying it with Guti. He's trying it with Raul. He's even trying it with Alvaro Albaloa. But like you said, it seems like Alonso, out of every young manager at the moment, is the best bet for Real Madrid. But I think Tudor is going to be a blockbuster game because... A blockbuster, blockbuster. But I'm interested to see how Madrid evolve this decade. Yeah. Especially if the furry tale of Alonso coming back happens. I'm, I'm just praying Alonso doesn't get finessed by a Spurs fan. Just stay at Leverkusen, do your thing, try and upset the Bayern monopoly and just walk into Bernabeu fam, and do your thing, bro. Like, I'm just praying he forgets Spurs and don't allow any other team to come and twang you, fam. You should only be leaving Liverpool for big te- for big clubs, either Liverpool or Madrid or whoever. Because you, you're spot on. The way Perez is going about his transfer business, he's thinking about the future at the minute. Mm-hmm. Rick, Rodrigo, um, Vinicius, Camavinga, Schoemeni, um, Valverde. Um, Bellingham, Frank Garcia, Eder Militao. He's buying young prospects that in a year or two after they're signed, they'll be ready and then the mainstays and then they're going to be at the team for a long time. He's been doing it for a while. It's not just recently he's he's done mm-hmm. it with Karim Benzema. Also, especially how Barcelona are still making short-sighted signings here. Yeah. Even trying to get Messi back. The league is primed for Madrid to dominate. For a decade, like yeah. how Barcelona did from 05 till about now. So... Look, Madrid, in terms of actual domination of the league and the Champions League, which they're already dominating, it's there for them. What What do you think of the other semi-final with the Italian teams? And by the way, big up Serie A because we're going to have the first Italian team in the Champions League final since 2010. What do you think of Inter and AC Milan's chances? Who do you back more? Uh, I think Leao will miss out on the first leg. He has a fire injury. Yeah. That's, that's a big blow. That's a big But he's, he's Milan's attack. He's their attack. Literally, Leal and Inshallah, from the, 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 that's what they're doing, fam. So, Inter, to be fair, Simon Zaga has been quite decent in the cups with Inter. Yeah. So, it might suit Inter more because Inter are actually a bit of a cup team under Simon Zaga, to be fair. So, it'll be an evenly matched um, tie. Contest, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I feel like the fact that Inter, in terms of depth, which you need in cup competition, the depth is a lot better than AC Milan. I don't feel like Inter rely heavily attacking-wise on one player like AC Milan do, so that's going to come into the into the favour. But if AC Milan can get into the second leg with just a one-goal deficit, a draw or a lead, and Liao comes back next week for the second leg, that would be amazing. I know it's both at the San Siro, but if they can manage that, that would be absolutely amazing for 
Yeah. But, 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 but on, on, on Serie A from Napoli. Bro, history. History years in the wilderness. History. Bro, these guys are legends. These guys are absolute legends. Yes, they flopped in the Champions League, but bro, for them to win the league with five games remaining, bro, they, every single player, the owner, the manager deserves the flowers. Like, chat to me about this Napoli team because you, you've been keeping a closer eye on them than me. You were, you were, you saw the potential to win the league seven, eight games in. What was it about them this time around that you thought like, yeah, they're not going to bottle it this time? Last year, they had the, there were signs there, but lack of depth cost them. Especially with Osman missing a lot of games last season. Now, they bought in Kavichka, Kavichkalia. They have two backups for Osman, Raspadori and Simeone. They had depth across the board. They, they had depth in midfield now. So, essentially, they were covered. So, so, so in the occurrence of injuries, they were comfy. So, yeah, man. That's what they needed. Depth, and they had it. And that's why the champions could add sufficient depth. Also, Arsenal had missing the last couple of games that didn't mean much because they were practically champions already. So, just had to graft for a bit. So, they're good, man. Nah, I, I'm happy for them. Also, because... Spalletti as well. He's been grinding a lot in Italy from Rome. Stinks yeah. at Roma, Inter. Inter, yeah. Finally wins. See, finally yeah. wins the league title, man. Like, it, like, when you see stuff like this happen, it's, it, it's what, in my opinion, it's what football is about. You don't want to see the same big teams always win the league. Yeah, four different winners of Serie A, by the way, in the last four years. Exactly. But, and th- that's what we want. The league is competitive because now next season, AC Milan, Inter Milan, Juve, they all want yeah, to. Right now, now we're the only one in a position to go back to back because Milan, we don't know what the finances are saying. Inter, we don't know what the finances are saying. Juve, let's see how they're going to make better decisions in the market because otherwise Juve will be the most likely challenger to Napoli. Yeah. They have the manager, the know-how to challenge a team in the league. Look, look at where they are at the moment in the league. Yeah, if so, it was for a 15-point deduction, it could have been a bit sticky still. Exactly, exactly. So it's, Actually, no, they got, they, got, they, got, they got their points back. It didn't even matter. That's how far Napoli were ahead. It didn't matter. No, but I mean, I mean, for, I mean for the other the other team. And you remember, there was a period in the season where Juve making Champions League was an absolute myth. And now yeah, yeah. it quite comfortably. And they have two avenues of making it. They might win the yeah. Open League. And they're the second right now. So yeah, exactly. But but you know how the top four races start. Even though yeah, yeah. they even though this weekend was a top four shootout, which they did well in, uh AC Milan did well in and Inter did well in. So it's it's Serie A is, is getting a lot more interesting. We've we yeah, well, one is that for, for, for the fully root, root for that league, yeah, they need to deal with the racism, man. Fam, they even doing chance against Slavic players from even even Black, which is not safe from racist chunks, man. That's how crazy that is. That's how crazy they are, you know. Yeah, it it it, it, it is it, the the racismo over in Syria's people. Speed. They're even racist towards Balkans. Son. They don't like Balkans. Son. I thought it was just they, they, they hate blacks, but nah, they even don't like the Balkans, Balkans they don't like. But the the annoying thing is Balkan hate. It's not just it's it's not just Italy, bro. It's it's. I know it's across Central Europe. Yeah, it's across mainland Central Europe. It's it's a bit peak. It's a bit disgusting, and they definitely need to fix that. Um. I need them to fix that as soon as possible because the potential is there, bro. Like, bro, you have two Italian teams in the semi-final. You have you, you have Juve and Roma in the semi-final of the Europa League, and then who? The, you have Fiorentina in the semi-final. Is it Fiorentina? Yeah, they have Fiorentina yeah, in the, the Conference League. league. I, I think Fiorentina are the, are the best team in the Conference League right now. Bro, they should win it. That's five teams in the semi-finals of cup competition. Fiorentina are not even the top five in the league, so. In terms of the strength of the league, it's getting better and better. Now, what I'm saying is, yeah, if I'm a billionaire, I beg. If you're a billionaire out there, or a nation state, or you got a private equity money, buy Milan, be in Pep's ear for 2025, and grab Mbappe on a free from. I beg. We need some competition in Europe from like, we need a market. I'm sorry, Premier League clubs are struggling to sell players because everyone's broke. We need yeah. some buyers, man. Get your money up. Come on, man. We, we, we need, need to make money out here, man. We need the market. We need buyers, but we also wanted to be more entertained like don't you find it more entertaining now that instead of it being Bayern every year in the semi-finals before there were shit Barcelona every year now we're seeing AC Milan no 100% that's what I said the potential is there like, these Arab these, these Arab these billionaires to get premiership the buying is too high for me it's too expensive you can get Milan for less than a billion fam a BB fam that's a good deal good deal man 
think of uh, i'm sorry if you're, if you're listening out there fam we need some we need someone to hear this pod fam if you're rich <laughs> the potential there and Bappe's contract expires in 2025 pep's contract expires in 2025 you need what well, you have you have your pick of heritage clubs in italy that you can buy for less than a billion cheap the slam dunk is there come on bro you're right the slam dunk is there and the potential for your club to make a lot of money is there look look at napoli now at the moment look at even juve juve always have money in it so juve will always be a threat so add that with some nation money some some, some state money and add napoli there as the plucky underdogs great mountain pot makes it interesting Nah, i i fully agree but before we leave we have to sing his praises yes because he's nigerian but Ossiman, what a season he's had! Ch- chat to me about the O, bro. The O. Chat to me about Ossiman. Like he, he put this club on his back and made. He scored the goal that won them the league. The 100. first in thirty-three he's years. That guy. He's that guy. Like people say, oh, Kavishka did this thing here, but for the month Ossiman was injured here, Kavishka was ghost. So therefore, Ossiman is the guy. Ossiman is Batman. Kavishka is Robin. Don't get twisted, fam. Now, hundred percent. Even even though yes, he has the mask, but Osherman is therefore Batman. Therefore, Batman in this partnership, and the respect has to be put on his name. He's now the highest scoring African player in Syria. He, I'm pretty sure he's going to become the first Nigerian player to be a top scorer in a top five league ever. That is amazing. Like the season he's having is absolutely amazing, and I hope he doesn't leave Napoli because I want him to make his name. Oh, the Juventus said, yeah, the only way. Osman's leaving the summer is you come with 130 million pounds. Cash. No installment. He said only way Osman leaves is 130 M. And Kirishi's already renewed his contract, so he ain't going nowhere. So hopefully Osman renews it and it keeps competitive. Hopefully, man. Hopefully. Because the, the team span is there. Just add a few pieces here and there from other leagues. And, 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 and it can go again and try to go back to back because Juve still have a long way to go in terms of rebuild. 100%. I feel like for Juve, the equaliser is Allegri. The, the fact that he no, has... Equaliser is Allegri and also money. Yeah, true. Money and also the, like the reputation. So they can attract better players than any other team in Italy. But look, this is what we've been screaming for for ages. And I'm happy that we finally have another league apart from the Premier League. That is amazing. I'm not just talking about top teams. I'm talking about a league as a whole because Spain have always had Real Madrid. But now we have Napoli, we have AC Milan, we have Inter Milan, potentially Juve. So let's see what happens. Yeah, like, I, 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 all it takes is one billionaire to buy a, a heritage club in Italy and they're good to go, man. Hopefully, bro. Touch wood. Touch wood. But guys, there's been another episode of Views from the Box. Take care.